0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Florida Gators 2022 football season is over, and we maybe have the next starting quarterback for the Florida Gators in Jack Miller III. We're going to talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts Happy Monday, no victory Monday, but still a Monday I'm Brandon Olson, find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon Rittenberg with Whole9SportsandGiantsCountryofSI.com sports and Giants before we get into today's content, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash College. That's linkedin.com slash College to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And now, Jack Miller the Um potential starting quarterback for the Florida Gators in 2023. Of course, came over from Ohio State, uh, transferred last year, basically a year ago now at this point to compete for the starting quarterback job with Anthony Richardson and Emory Jones. And of course, Emory Jones was here for two days and then he hit the transfer portal and Anthony Richardson won the starting job. Um, and never looked back. Jack Miller, of course, then got injured. He hurt his thumb. He had off seasons or spring sur- or fall. Sorry. So fall surgery um, that kept him out for the rest of the fall kept him out for most of this season where for a lot of the season, he was listed as questionable, which and I know I've talked about this before, but usually I feel like when quarterbacks specifically have a thumb injury, the issue is always being able to grip the ball actually, like after the uh, injury, when you're recovering, not being able to grip the ball and actually deliver passes. I'm assuming that's why he was questionable for so long because he was probably like, Hey, I feel good. I know the playbook. It's just a matter of could I grip the ball? Uh, then of course he lost the starting job or he lost the QB2 job to Jalen Kitna and then now bowl game, no AR, no Kitna. Jack Miller III gets the start. And I will say this the same way that I've been saying it pretty much since uh, Jack Miller was assumed to be the starter. It's hard for me to evaluate this game and no, not just the team's not at full strength. But yeah, the team's not at full strength. Most of that's in depth that's not there. But you're missing your All American guard. You're missing your again either number one or number two receiver. However, you rank Justin Shorter there. But for me, the more important part is Jack Miller the third had not even two weeks to practice as QB one. This isn't some situation where it was your starting court your backup quarterback was practicing all season where he was getting some first team reps in case he was needed as the starter. No, this is the guy was injured for the huge majority of the season. He was QB three when he finally got healthier. And then it was, well, guess what? In 10 days, you're the starting quarterback of the Florida Gators. So good luck. That's the thing. This isn't like he had spring ball of the competition then fall camp of the competition or even the full backup job followed by a bad week one this isn't like he had spring ball of the competition fall camp of the competition or the backup job and then he had to come in at some point during the season and rotate in as a starter or become the starter whatever it is no this is jack miller the third had been qb1 for like 10 days, Anthony Richardson entered his name in the NFL draft on December uh, December 5th. So two weeks from today, two weeks before today, he entered the NFL draft and that's when it became, okay, Jack Miller the third, QB1 for the bowl game. He, again, QB1 for 10 days, had an okay game against a good pass defense. This is a great Oregon State secondary. So that's what it was. That's why it's hard to evaluate. Not that the team wasn't at full strength, that everything combined and everything accumulated to just be a bad situation for Jack Mother III. That being said, during the game also, Billy Napier did not call aggressive enough plays. Just running every first down in the first half when Oregon State was clearly keying in on the run and you just kept getting in these second and long and third and long situations, and it's very hard to convert when you're doing that consistently so I think that yeah it was a bad situation and then Billy Napier didn't make it easier for Jack Miller as much as he probably thought we'll run the ball we'll keep the short game going and then we'll be fine um no you you gotta let him free you have to give him the threat of throwing the football there were obviously some good some bad I think the biggest good for me is just he looked comfortable making any pass he was needed to There were some, yeah, there were some inconsistencies throwing the football, but for the most part, he looked at least comfortable throwing the ball. Like, this wasn't like someone who was scared to throw the ball and wanted to run all the time. I will say he ran more than I wanted him to, but this was someone who looked comfortable as a passer. That's an important thing to talk about, especially because. The offensive line was just closing in on him. Like, like when we talk about the bad, it's not even the bad for him. It's that this was a catastrophic collapse of the offensive line that allowed 18 pressures on. I think it was 32 dropbacks. That's a lot. That that's way more than we than we're used to seeing in Gainesville. Not his fault either. But even on top of that, the penalties were killer. the offensive line as well and part of that could be the new quarterback and how he runs the offense of course because it's been Anthony Richardson this whole time as far as another good I again I said I think Jack Miller ran the ball a bit too much than I'd prefer that he do but one thing he did do and of course he's no Anthony Richardson but he at least showed that he could be a bit of a threat as a runner um so, so there's that where I'm like okay I I can see that as something where it could be involved. We knew that Jack Miller could be someone on the RPO game that gets involved. And again, a lot of RPOs also have that QB keeper option. Could see that. So it's at least interesting, or not interesting, but at least encouraging to see that he's someone who could run when he's needed to run. Um, That being said, I think one of the biggest bads for him personally was. When he was scrambling around and extending plays, which is a great thing to do, it looked like he was looking to run instead of trying to keep his eyes downfield. There were some designed rollouts and bootlegs where he obviously kept his down his eyes downfield because that's what you're supposed to do in that situation. But when he was sta- scrambling and setting plays, he pretty much looked like he was like, okay, like I'm, I'm going to run this football. I want to run this football um, instead of keeping his eyes downfield for other targets. That was something I didn't like. He struggled with accuracy, but here's another thing where, uh, like like overthrowing Caleb Douglas just like a little bit, but overthrowing him a little bit, a few passes in the wrong spot, whether they were catchable or not. Like the Payday Douglas overthrow was catchable, but Payday still had to go whoop and and just hit his hand. Like it was catchable, but it was very difficult to catch. I think some of that is just not having any consistency or chemistry or rhythm with these receivers. Because again, he wasn't practicing for most of the season. So it's hard to step in and be like, okay, I know how fast this guy is. I know how much he accelerates. I know where he likes the ball. Stuff like that. Like I I just played football yesterday at the park and it was with a kid who I never played. I never played with his quarterback. And we had a difficult time early on connecting. That that thing happens where obviously it's way different when you're talking about designed plays and and timing routes and all that, but it's a thing where you need to develop that rapport a little bit there. And and that's one of the things where that could come with just experience or it could not come. We saw Anthony Richardson struggle with it all season. We'll see what happens with Jack Miller the 3rd, but we're about to talk about the biggest needs for the Florida Gators because there are quite a few of them. But first, today's episode of Locked on Gators is brought to you by LinkedIn as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier for you to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people that you want to interview faster and for free. And if you've never used LinkedIn Jobs, I highly, highly recommend it with simple tools like screening questions. It makes it easier for you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and just the right experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and potentially Hire. And every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. So if you're looking for someone to hire, odds are they're on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash lockdown college. Terms and conditions apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Thanks again for making Locked by Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to uh, podcasts or watch podcasts on YouTube. We're there. Um, but for the rest of the show, we're going to talk about the biggest needs. In this segment, we're going to talk about the biggest needs for the Florida Gators for 2023 on offense. And this one's not necessarily me saying this is a weakness. Kind of is, but figure out quarterback. I think you have to go to the portal and bring in a quarterback. You just have to. I, I think that if Jack Miller went in and balled out in the bowl game, you can go, okay, maybe we don't need a portal quarterback. But he didn't. So you look at Grayson McCall. You look at Devin Leary. You look at potentially Sam Hartman, because Sam Hartman is still potentially hitting the portal. You look at Michael Pratt, who's potentially the portal you look at these guys that are in the portal or potentially looking at the portal because again we know behind the scenes all this stuff happens um and you bring them in and then you've got jack miller the third as your favorite for now you've got Jaden rashada incoming in 2023 which i do worry about him he is incredibly thin that's my concern with him right now as far as starting immediately He's incredibly thin. He takes a few big hits he could be done for for a bit. Then you look at the portal quarterback. You look at Max Brown as going to be a redshirt freshman with a full year in the system, at least knowing the playbook and knowing how these guys operate. And you just have an open quarterback battle between everyone on the team, every QB that you have on roster, Kyle Angle included. You go with a quarterback battle, and you just – You just figure it out. like like You just do whatever you can to get these guys comfortable, get them up to speed, and find out who's going to be your starting quarterback for 2023. Next thing, your offensive line situation. I think at tackle, you're great. Cameron Waits didn't play well at guard in the bowl game. So I think the issue with him is figuring out where he fits. Do you want to keep him as a guard, maybe replacing Osiris Torrance. and be like, okay, well, you know, every time Cameron Waits played before this, he was rotating at tackle. So playing him at guard, maybe get him used to that and see how it goes. Because I think you're solid at tackle with Michael Tarkin and Austin Barber. So what do you do with Cameron Waits? Because he's kind of the odd man out there. Maybe you keep him for a year, and if Tarkin or Barber go to the draft, you have Cameron Waits step in as a high-ceiling player. He's a massive dude. He's a solid athlete. Let him get up to speed with it. So tackle, you're good. Right guard, you don't know who you have there. Can I make the suggestion here of Kingsley Aguacan at right guard? Can I make that suggestion? Because here's the thing. You need a new center. I am not even going to pretend. Like, I, I'm, I don't think I've pretended this at all the entire season. I think I've been very open about this. But I'm not even going to pretend that I am okay with Kingsley Iguacan starting at center. Dude, isn't it? You're the center. You control when the ball gets snapped. Obviously not control it, but you are the guy that snaps the ball. How in the world do you have so many false starts? Unacceptable. Get off the field or move to guard, and you can stop screwing up the snap. Maybe we see that happen, because I think the biggest thing with the offensive line now is You generally, you know four of your five starters. You know that you're probably going to have tackles being Tarquin and Barber, probably Barber at left tackle. You know that at one guard spot, you're going to have Ethan White. You know that you're going to at least try Kingsley Guacan at center, hopefully at guard, but you're probably going to try Kingsley Guacan at center and then your right guard is up for grabs. Maybe it's Cameron Wade staying there. Maybe it's someone else stepping up. Maybe it's Riley Simons. Maybe it's Richie Leonard gets the spot. Whoever it is, you're going to figure that out. But I, I think I'm not concerned with who is on the offensive line, except for Kingsley Iguacan. I'm concerned with where people line up. I Again, I think Kingsley Iguacan lining up at right guard might be good for him because dude isn't good at center. Simple as that. Next, and the final thing for this segment is RB3. I think running back third, or your third running back, you have to kind of figure out where it's Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne, awesome talents. But you have to have depth. And right now, on roster, currently on roster, there's a bunch of depth guys who outside of Eastern Washington, I don't think played the game. I, I, don't, I don't remember a game where they played outside of Eastern Washington. So there's that maybe Texas A&M, but even then, I don't think so. Um, Maybe South Carolina, but even then, I don't think so. That's not necessarily a big need, but it's something you have to figure out as to who's going to be running back three. Do you have it be, do you have it be Trayon Webb, who I think could add a little more to the game than Mark Fletcher could in terms of an all-around um, contribution? Do you have it be one of the backups that never really played but was there and is in the system. So I, I think that you have to figure that out, but it's not a huge like need necessarily. You could also go portal hunting and see if you have a guy there. We're about to take a look at the biggest needs for the defensive side of the ball for the Florida Gators for 2023. Um, but first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Bet Online. And for the first time this season, the Florida Gators were underdogs in a game and did not cover the spread. They did it every other game they either won or covered the spread completely and this time they did not however if you listen to me I said take the under the under of 52 and a half was never gonna hit and if you listen to me I said I'm gonna take an alt line of 49 and a half and guess what I did I took an alt line of under 44 and a half because that was as low as they would let me go, and I would have gone as low as they would have let me go. But 44.5 is fine with me. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. I've been using BetOnline for years now. Years now. And I love it. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out BetOnline. It's where the game starts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the years best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles To wrap up today's show, we're talking about the biggest needs on the defensive side of the football for 2023 Florida Gators. First up is going to be linebacker for me. Um, this Also, this isn't like prioritized. This is just how I was thinking about Linebacker for me, though, is I think the biggest one. Um, I didn't prioritize this list, but I do think it's, it's up there. Um, I think that Derek Wingo played a great game in the bowl game for the most part. I think that he will be good this coming season, 2023. I think Shamar James will be good this coming season in 2023. So you have your Mike and you have your Will linebackers figured out already as long as things go according to plan. Behind them, it's kind of just question marks. You don't really have anybody that you're confident in being there and that you're confident in playing significant snaps. Scooby Williams is the next man up. He will likely play a good deal of snaps. Jaden Robinson, of course, is coming in. Uh, In the 2023 class, I still think Florida needs to hit the portal for an experienced linebacker. That's the thing for me. Derek Wingo seems like a great vocal leader. Derek Wingo seems like he's got a grasp of the defense and is able to step in and play early on next year. Like he could just start right away. Shamar James I mean, immediately this season, he was a consistent contributor or we'll say, I won't say consistent. I'll say he's a, con- he was a contributor. Uh, Cause there were some patches where he just like didn't play much for whatever reason. I'm not here to criticize or judge that. I don't care. Um, I think next year he's your starting will. I think next year Derek Wingo's your starting Mike, but I think there's way too much inexperience for a position that has so much value in this defense. People always talk about linebackers not being valuable. You know, you look at the NFL level and it's, God, you don't pay linebackers that much. You you have a great pass rush. You have a great secondary. You just need serviceable linebackers. You talk about linebackers in the draft. A lot of them don't get high, going to get drafted super high unless they're this freak linebacker. In this defense, a linebacker is consistently asked to play pass coverage, rush the passer and defend the run. That's a hard thing to do consistently well at any, at any position. To do all three of those things consistently well is very difficult. That's why usually for you know receiver you, or for a DB, you just have to cover. Usually for a defensive lineman, rush the passer and stop the run. Linebackers, you got to do everything. It's incredibly difficult. So for that, I think bring in an experienced linebacker that could come in and either start or rotate as a consistent contributor. Next up is defensive tackles, specifically. Freshman defensive tackles rarely succeed in the SEC. It's just, it's rare to come in and contribute early on. A lot of that is just getting into SEC shape. Like whether you're too big and need to trim down, whether you're too small and need to bulk up, whatever it is. So don't expect a ton from this 2023 class early on. Ton of guys coming in, ton of talent coming in but I don't know if they're going to be ready to contribute early. I'd assume someone is going to be able to contribute early just based on how many defensive linemen are committed right now. But I think you at least need bodies that could rotate in, potentially start. I am perfectly fine with Big Desmond Watson or Chris McLellan or Caleb Banks starting. Or, sorry, Big Desmond Watson and Chris McLellan or Caleb Banks starting. I need Big Des starting. But I think you need some experienced defensive linemen. I'll tell you this too. A little, little fun tidbit. John Walker, think he's staying with UCF. Jordan Hall, think he's going to Georgia. So there's that. You miss out on the 2D tackles that you were trying to either flip or get to commit to you, which, by the way, Jordan Hall, I'm not upset about. John Walker, I did want. Um, but you're not getting them most likely. So you hit the portal, you get another defensive tackle, preferably, I think, a nose tackle to back up Big Des because I don't know who's going to do that. Chris McLellan again. If he steps into a starting spot, I doubt he's gonna be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be the starting three tech and the backup nose." Like, no, I, I don't think I don't think that's gonna be the case. So I think you need to bring in another defensive tackle, just someone that could rotate in the final position to talk about star. And uh, obviously, star is that nickel defender. It's it's always like, hey, he's a safety that's basically playing nickel corner because you have to be able to cover and play the run and rush the passer. Also, they're a really fun position where you're like, okay, you're, you're going to be a freak for us. And I don't think that Florida, I don't think Florida has a player in that room that I'm confident in for next year. Miguel Mitchell, I'm confident in. But they keep listing him at safety and not star. So it makes me think that he's going to be someone who next year is probably going to be Rashad Torrance and Kamari Wilson. If it's Rashad Torrance and Kamari Wilson next year with Miguel Mitchell rotating in as either a safety or star, 2024 is probably Kamari Wilson and Miguel Mitchell, unless there's a big recruit that comes in and takes that spot. So Miguel Mitchell, my vote for star this year, although I'm not, well, next year, although I'm not sure he's going to be the guy that gets that job. As far as a 2023 class goes, Jakeem Jackson is my guy where I'm like, I would love to see him play star. He's got Great size, great length, great athleticism. Imagine putting just a chess piece in there. Like he could do everything. He's a Swiss army knife. Putting him in at star, letting him go nuts and figuring it out there. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think that like also doing it as a true freshman would be really cool. It's like, okay, you're going to have a couple of years to learn this system and a couple of years to develop here and a couple of years to get better at doing it. Some guys just make great nickel defenders. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, when he was playing safety or corner, whatever he did, I was always, because that was like my first year covering the draft, I was like, that dude's a nickel. Like, like in the next level, he's going to be a slot defender, and he's going to be really freaking good at it. Jakeem Jackson could be that guy. I don't know if he will be, but he could be. And as far as the current situation, Trevez Johnson, Jadarius Perkins are too, eh, too often. And that's my issue. Like, I don't want, eh. I want someone who's going to come in and consistently contribute in a positive way, and I don't think they do that often enough. Trevez has had flashes this year, more than he had last year, but still nothing that instills confidence in me for next year is him being a consistent contributor, and I don't think that you should be needing two full years to become average or above average. I think if that's the case, then you're probably in a bad spot at Star. So that's my concern there. Jadarius Perkins just has never really lit it up for me. Um, It's as simple as that with him. So, stars, is a position I think needs to be upgraded. But nice to meet you, Lockdown Gators, your first listen of the day, every day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow, probably talking recruiting because signing window, opening up. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll also be going live, by the way, when Florida gets letter of intense submissions and all that stuff. It's going to be fun. Uh, but for your second listen, check out lockdown sec hosted by Chris Gordy of sports 79. You Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, the university of Florida for lockdown Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with whole line sports and giants, country of si.com. And I'll see you all tomorrow. The NCAA tournament is almost here.